Hello and welcome everybody to the We Are Everyone Take Podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that Turch always forgets his drink in the other room and is a complete shit show. As I said, I am Turch and with me today is my co-host, the CEO, the Funkel of the group. It's Kieran. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. Go get your drink. Oh, I'll get... keep these guys entertained <laughs> while you go get your drink. Oh, yeah, yeah no, This is why I'm the CEO. You know, This is responsibility. If you're a leader, you have to be responsible. Responsibility is the name of the game. Uh, that's what you need. And in record time, he has his coke. <laughs> so Jess, I just went to the other room to get my drink. And Jess goes to me, hey, you want to watch Caddyshack? <laughs> I'm like, mm. and she goes, oh yeah, you're recording. <laughs> this is live. I've got, hey, you want to watch Caddyshack? Go watch Caddyshack. <laughs> I've got this. For the you next hour, episode, I've got this. All right, well, let's start it off then, Kieran. Have you... Have you got a rant? For oh us? well, I've I've got a few things. I've got a few things. I'll, I'll, few I'll things. let you I'll let you go. Every now and then we do a rant, right? Yes. Actually, let me rephrase that. We always do a rant, <laughs> but every do. now and then we have a compliment, and I want to compliment society. Okay. I had to do some Christmas shopping today. Well done. How'd you go with the uh, Black Friday sales? Oh, fucking terrible. So many people. Just oh my god, kill me. But but this is the compliment, right? <laughs> everyone stuck to the left on oh. the escalator. That is... Twice. I don't even know how to say this, but that's very amazing. I I was shocked. I was like, whoa. So, society, well done. They're obviously listening to the podcast. I was going to say, I think I ranted about that like a year ago. Yeah. One of our first episodes. Yeah. So, it's nice to see that in the two or three years we've been doing this, something has changed. Yeah, for, the right. better, for the better. For the better. For the better. And for me, the a few weeks ago, you were talking about... The between now and April is the time of uh, February. It's a season of obligation. Season of obligation. My season of obligation has begun. Oh, isn't it the worst? <laughs> no, it's great because I've decided I'm not driving. Oh, okay. I'm going to get through so it. So basically, your season of obligation through drinking. Your season of obligation is your season of uh, inebriation. Correct. That's a pretty good way of going about it. Correct. Um, I made this joke, so I'm with these. I'm with these people. I actually don't know some of these people, right? <laughs> this is always every time you tell a joke, it's with people you may or may not know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, shut up. I'm on a roll. And this making small talk or whatever. Small talk's hilarious as well. If you don't know these people and you know that it's going to be uncomfortable, you can ask the most ridiculous questions. Anyway. This 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 forty year old or fifty year old, I don't know ever how old she was. Right? <laughs> she was Spanish, right? She was younger. She looked younger than that she was older. I knew she was older. Anyway, that's we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. <laughs> you looked at me. Now <laughs> She goes Right. What are you doing for Christmas? Okay. But she was talking to this other guy and I just sort of had to just smooch my way over. Right? Smooch your way over. Yeah, smooch my way over. Sm- yeah, I don't know. Like you were making out with smooching? No, I just made my way over. Yeah. Right? All right. <laughs> I wonder how many times I've used that word I, in context and I've never I been pulled know. up on it. I don't know. Anyway, she goes, what are you doing for Christmas? But addressing this other guy. Yeah, Let's yeah. call him Frank. Yep. But I and I chip in with surviving. That's good. Good joke. Fantastic joke. But they both didn't know me. <laughs> and so they... <laughs> And it was they thought you were on suicide watch. <laughs> yeah. And I was at my mother's 60th as well. I was at, when I said that. So, so they're like, oh, is it that bad? 
<laughs> Which I was like, come on, that is that is a great. It's a classic. That is a, it's great... a classic bit of jokes. Yeah, yeah, classic joke. Like if you were there, you would have laughed. I would just be like, I a... understand completely what's going on in this this side of the fence. It's, yeah. a, it's amazing. I know, but Church, <laughs> I I've got a gift for you. This isn't a rant. This right? is not a rant. But I'm very excited. Excellent. I, I, you got me a gift a I, while ago. Well, I got you uh, a New Year's gift. A I think. A Christmas, a, a Christmas gift. I think it was. That's right. It was very exciting. It took. A, it was a bit of effort to get in to get that gift, yeah. and I finally got one. And that now officially is your golf hat. It is my golf hat. Which is very exciting. We're gonna play some golf. We do have to play some golf. We should do a. We only do one take podcast. Golf day. Okay, I'm in. Let's organize it. As for like the CEO, March. as the CEO, you should organize that. I think that. March. Okay, when and we can invite like all our fa- favorite guests. Yeah, one of those public holidays. I think we could book something in like that. Yeah, all right. or at least I'll... a driving range experience. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll arrange it. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to haunt me now because you've got that on record. <laughs> Church, I want to get ignore the Christmas wrap. That's fine. I want to give you a gift. Okay. Uh, it's not a Christmas gift. No, it's a birthday no, gift. It, it's, yeah. Or is, is it just a gift in general? It's or? just a gift. Okay, I'm going to count this But I want you birthday. to read three of them out on the show. Read three of them yeah. out. Okay, well, look, I'm just going to explain what I've got here. It's it, it, uh, a, a Christmas wrapping paper over something that looks like a uh, Chicago Bulls logo in the shape. And look how beautifully like, wrapped it is. It's beautiful. It's great. It's fantastic. Very exciting. I'm feeling. I'm going to give it a shake next to the mic. I don't know if people can hear that. I want to. I want to. I want to just pause you. Yeah. Last week I was in at work. Yeah. And my stepmother was making shortbread, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, I've got to take something in." Yeah. Um, she's like, "I'll make you some shortbread." Done. I was like, "Oh, thank you Legend. so much." Anyway, she finished it. She goes, "Oh, do you want me to wrap it?" And I was like, "Oh, look, I'll do it." But she's like, "Oh no, I'm doing a whole batch. I'll wrap it for you." And I said to her, "Can you wrap it? Not at perfect. Not, not how you would wrap it. Can you like wrap it so the work colleagues think that I've wrapped it?" And she's like, sure. So she wrapped it beautifully. She put a bow on it. She put <laughs> sprinkly shit on it. Yeah. And I was like, great. Now everyone knows <laughs> I I that I didn't do this. You could just say you made it and someone else wrapped it for you. No, but I, I turn up and I'm like, I'm like, my stepmother ruined this. And they said, what? I'm like, well, she, she, look how she's wrapped it. I clearly wouldn't wrap it like this. Anyway, I, that you okay, know, well, I'm you definitely. Can I take a photo yeah. of this and post it? Yeah. Um, that's some. It's all right. It's not great, but you know I've wrapped it. All right, look, I'll, I'll take some back and forth of it. There you go. You can see my disgusting hand in the photo. That, that is, and I've been. Well, I'm going to open it up environmental now. Environmental, because that was discarded wrapping paper. As I'm well. very impressed. You know me liking the envi- <laughs> caring about the environment 110. <laughs> percent uh, So I'm opening it up now. You can hear it on the show. Oh, that was a good. That felt. That sounded yeah, good. Yeah. All right. I not, I don't know what this is, which is good because I don't like. Uh, <laughs> okay. So what we have here, I'm gonna give it some ASMR. ASMR. People really like the people are gonna cream themselves when that happens. Yeah. And speaking of creaming themselves, what I've been given here is a is a box. Yeah. And in the box is 100 seriously crap jokes and i'm very excited you said i have to read a couple of them i'm opening up the boxes as quick as i can there's so much you said you use discarded wrapping paper but inside the box is it's <laughs> more, more plastic than you can poke a stick at and that's what's very exciting i don't even have a pair of scissors around. oh here we go right i gonna say it's pretty thin plastic it's pretty thin plastic it's all good so 
what happened when I called the receptionist to call me a taxi? Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't know these, so... Um, <laughs> it's not that question. It's uh, not Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> they shouted, you're a taxi. Okay. <laughs> what happened when the sci- scientist tried to make di- make a diamond from a duck? Uh, it, it shat. It quacked under the pressure. <laughs> and the final one. What did the playing card wear to a wedding? Um, a suit. A suit. Well done. All right. Uh, look, these are fantastic. <laughs> Maybe I'll sp- sprinkle a few more in as the show goes on. Or we, when we have our comedian friend here. I've actually... Now, you've, what you've done is you've given me all the jokes I need to beat you at the comedy competition <laughs> <laughs> next year. And that's the important But you thing. read them out. Give me one. Give me one. Oh, you read me- them out as if they were boring. Okay. I'm going to read this one out as if it was funny. <laughs> all right? I just want you to know the difference. Okay. What's the heaviest soup in Asia? See the enthusiasm there? <laughs> What's the what? heaviest I don't know. soup in Asia? What is the heaviest soup in Asia? A wonton soup. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I think my enthusiasm was just the right amount of enthusiasm for all these jokes. But thank you very much. It's a very exciting birthday gift. So I don't really have a rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. Do you well, have a rant? I do have a rant. And it leads me into something we're going to watch. And we're going to enjoy. Excellent. There's two things that I hate. And one's going to come in in another episode because I want to do the research. Mm-hmm. But this one here is less of a research, less of just, I found something that, that shit me up the wall. Right. Um, Where is Epstein's wife, ex-wife? No, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. I want him I want him back. I want Hillary Clinton to go to jail. That's what I want. But one thing I hate is the fat acceptance movement. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. This is not where you thought this was going. Not even close, right? No. Okay. So I was stumbling around uh, Facebook recently and I found someone posting about the fat acceptance movement. Now, do you know what the fat acceptance movement is? Let's I go. don't know what the fat okay. acceptance movement is. Okay. Can I, can so I, a can group I guess? Of fem- yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a group of people who are fat. Yeah. And they accept that they're fat. Yes, they accept that they're fat. That's fine. And they're in a group. Yeah, that's good. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to change people's perception and say fat people are just as healthy as... No, they're not. They're costing the <laughs> society, us taxpayers, just, uh, just as healthy and uh, accepted and this and that as not fat people. In fact, because they're fat and because the medical industry... And people just like you know don't want to date them or don't want to do this or you know uh, say that they have more medical issues stuff like that. They're saying that they're actually a marginalized group, right? And what they're trying to do is much like everything else. They're like, no, fat is part of my of my being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I c- I can't change that. Mm-hmm. Just accept me as I am, mm-hmm. which is all well and good until the part is no, you can. 90% 90 to 95% of the time unless it's some real medical issue that you have uh, one people just accept fat people in general mm. doesn't mean you have to go on dates with them but like you know if you're working with a fat person you just work with the fat person and two no you can definitely help your own weight by dieting exercising putting in the hard yards to maintain your body in the best way possible that's right so it's plenty of weight. so what these people try to do 
you say, no, we're not going to do the hard work. You just have to accept us as being super duper fat. And that's it. All right. So I found this thing. So we're watching something. We're going to be watching something. And so this is a post by the Anita's Hall of Social Justice and Intersectional oh, Feminism sh- <laughs> from the University of California in Berkeley. So I'm going to read this out. It's a couple. It's a bit long, but if it if it's not if it's too long, that's okay. We'll go to the video because the video is the second thing I hate most more than anything else. Right. And I'll explain that it's not just fat women in videos. It's it's something else that's going to change. It's going to continue on. So I'll just read it out. So if you're driving a car and you're about to park your car, <laughs> that's all right. No, because you take you're... a right hand turn <laughs> and do some laps. Why all women should gain weight and become true feminists? Okay, already I have so many issues. So only fat women can be feminists from now on. That's the way it goes. I attended, so this person said, I attended a fat acceptance feminist TED Talk conference featuring Australian fat acceptance activist Callie Jean Drinkwater, who also self-identifies as a medical expert in the field. Are you having fun yet? <laughs> I've got so many issues. So many issues. Who on many occasions have proved that being fat is healthy and society needs to change to accommodate a healthy obese. She's brave and before I th- uh, before I thought I knew everything I was to know about the fat acceptance science after reading all the right pages on Tumblr. But the story she... All t- the right pages <laughs> on Tumblr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No medical literature... And the self 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 um self self identified medical expert says it's okay. Uh, she's brave and before okay, but bef- uh, but the story she told really had me in tears, particularly the part where she said the staff at Sizzler actually used to <laughs> <laughs> actually used to hang a closed sign in front of the door and bolt it shut every time her car pulled up in the parking lot once they found it was Ill- uh, uh, lot. once they found it was illegal not to allow her access to all the all you can eat dessert bar, uh, dessert bar okay and this is the, apparently a quote the sunday machine was never operational the staff switched off to when i walked in i know they did they used to say it was on a cleaning cycle but i didn't believe it because there were all bowls of chocolate around it so they were that were also missing. No free cheesy bread for me. They wanted me to pay for each item I ate. I mean, what? Do they think I made made of money or something? So this is continuing in the post. People should note that there is a large divide between a, a large divide, large divide, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> among fat feminists over those who is, uh, identify as trans thin. And being in a previous post in my page below, and those identify as being fat and proud as a traditional a traditional fat acceptance feminist. Fat acceptance feminists don't accept the condition of trans thin, which is people who think that they are thin, either know that they're fat. Right. Are, are exclusionary to their cause, also known as FAEFs, or fat acceptance exclusionary feminists. What the f- I'm what? Okay. <laughs> Are you... Is this blowing your mind of how stupid it is? I am... Ju- okay. So, I, I'm not going to read any more because it goes on and leads into the into You're, the video. I'm being... I'm confused. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to... Okay, I'll put it in very simple terms. There are fat people... Yeah. Part of this fat acceptance movement... Yeah. That know that they're fat... Yeah. And 
it, just go, I am fat, fuck you. Fair enough. Which Good is fine. You. Which is, I have no problem. But are blaming society for not accepting how fat that they are. Yeah. But there are also trans thin people who... Th- who are fat but believe that they're thin, mm-hmm. both think that their lifestyle of being ma- morbidly obese is healthy. Are they at war with one another? And they're at war with one another. Ah. So, first of all, this whole acceptance movement is not for fat people. It's for Sizzler. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? If someone has has grown up and later on in their life, they're in a car accident. And then suddenly they don't have use for their legs. Right? And then we say, you know what? That person still deserves to have a good life and get back to work, education, all that sort of thing. Mm. And that's what, we're the accept- that's what the acceptance movement is about. Mm-hmm. It's about people who are disfigured in some way that in, in ancient societies would not have had a good life. Correct. Okay. So, they're for actual people who, have, who can't change the circumstances, like people with Down syndrome, or mm. people with, you know, multiple sclerosis, or, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or Whatever damaging, it may be. Yeah, losing an arm, of, you know, or born without a, a limb or something. You mm. know, people are like that. And these fat, these fat women have just come along and go, yeah, and people need to accept us too. And it's like, well, actually, wait a second. <laughs> That's not the case. You may have... You may have. You're, I think maybe put down the chocolate bar and, and, and get on the treadmill. Like, you know, there's a little... It's yeah. something you can do. This person can't grow an arm back. No. No, they can't. <laughs> or this person can't be unburned. Yeah. <laughs> or this person can't be, you know... Cancer is very hard to get rid of and it's not their fault. But you definitely could put down the chocolate bar and get on a treadmill a couple of times a week. And you might be okay. And they're saying, no, that's not the case. So, that's something I hate. The fact that the acceptance movements for people who really need the help mm. have been hijacked by fat women. Yeah. Which I think is a fair but, thing. But uh, where does the feminism come into it? Why, well, is, it, why is the feminism in, in because it? Because the feminine, because they, they think that the world is only against fat women, not against fat men. Oh. Nonetheless, that woman couldn't get into Sizzler, that's fine. This takes me to the second thing I hate. And the second thing that I'm going to rant about today... Piss triplets. No, oh, we talked about that. <laughs> Dweezil helped you up with that today. But it's TED Talks. <laughs> TED Talks began and they were fantastic. The first year or two of TED Talks were fantastic. Oh, yeah. And oh, then, even the first four years Yeah, of whatever, you know, a couple of years of TED Talks. And then they decided, you know what, this is just a format. Instead of having it just in Berkeley or wherever it was and having just the best people come, it's like, hey, you can use our name, call it TEDx, and you can have whoever you want. And they're like... Well, in- TEDx is independent. Yeah, independent. Of TED. Oh, there you go. So the, That's it, why they call it TEDx. There you go. So we could actually run a TEDx. Well, this is the new tallow. You're welcome to the TEDx podcast. <laughs> we, could, we could run our own TEDx. So... I thought to myself, you know what would be fun if we watch a video of one of these fat acceptance women who did a TEDx talk. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. Okay, so, so this video is about twelve minutes long. We can we can pause it at any time that you want, and we can have a discussion about anything that you want. So here we go. 
viewers at home, listeners at home, the intro is played. This is okay. So remember in, the, in that article I was talking about, like that woman said that, oh, I went to see this woman, mm-hmm. this TED Talk, this is it. Okay. Do you want to describe what, what she looks like? She's fat. She's, <laughs> she's real fat. All right, let's go. I'm here today to talk to you about a very powerful little word, one that people will do almost anything to avoid becoming. Billion-dollar industries thrive because of the fear of it, and those of us who undeniably are it are left to navigate a relentless storm surrounding it. She's already tired. You can hear her. Like, she's walked out on stage, and you can hear her. Welcome to my... She's already out of breath. Continue. Continue. I'm not sure if any of you have noticed, but I'm fat. Not the lowercase muttered behind my back kind, or the seemingly harmless chubby or cuddly. I'm not even the more sophisticated, voluptuous or curvaceous kind. Let's not sugarcoat it. I am the capital (laughs) F-A... Well, she's been sugarcoating everything her whole life. Are you more accepting of fat people yet? I've always been accepting of everyone. (laughs) Tea kind of fat. I am the elephant in the room. (laughs) When I walked out on stage, some of you may have been thinking, oh, this is going to be hilarious, because everybody knows that fat people are funny. Or you may have been thinking, where does she get her confidence from? Because a confident fat woman is... I was thinking, where does she get her moo-moos from? (laughs) Straight from Homer Simpson. (laughs) You know what, there's nothing... She's like, where where does she get her confidence from? I think it was a... uh, uh, What's her name now? Chris Brown sketch. It's like, there's no one more confident than a big black woman. Like, you know, I I keep thinking of uh, the weather girls. Like, the thing that's raining men. I'm like, they're like... It's raining men, hallelujah, because we're going to fuck all the men. <laughs> she, on the other hand, I don't think it's going to happen. Almost unthinkable. The fashion-conscious members of the audience may have been thinking how fabulous I look in this Beth Ditto dress. Thank you very it's a much. Moo-moo. It's a fucking moo-moo. Where some of you might have thought, oh, black would have been so much more slimming. You may have wondered, right, consciously or not, it doesn't matter your body size for a female, right? Females are going to criticise you regardless of your body shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even going to bring that up. I'm just having fun looking at her moo-moo. It's, it, 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 she had the hat on that Homer wears. She would look like when Homer gained uh, got up to 300 pounds. Yeah. And having a good time sitting at home at work with, the, with, with, our, little, with our little friend up there to, clicking the Y button. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but you're, <laughs> but you're right. Like you know, a woman at any size, thin, thick, whatever you want to call it, yeah, is going to criticize you. Oh yeah, they're going to be criticized for whatever they wear. If I have diabetes, <laughs> or a partner, or if I eat carbs after seven p.m., <laughs> you may have worried that you ate carbs after seven p.m. last night, <laughs> and that you really should renew your gym membership. Got to admit, I got to admit. Seeing people like this talk on stages wants me to wants me to go go, go on a row machine <laughs> or do something. To, like, I look at that and go, I'm never going to get to that. <laughs> What's her point? All right, let, let's keep going. 
These judgments are insidious. They can be directed at individuals and groups, and they can also be directed at ourselves. And this way of thinking is known as fat phobia. Like any form of systematic oppression, fat phobia is deeply rooted in complex structures like capitalism, patriarchy, what? and racism. <laughs> I get cured. <laughs> what? Rooted in capitalism. <laughs> you know what? Without capitalism, there's no way she could get that fat. <laughs> Because socialism would not have given her enough food to get to that stage. You know, I was listening to something recently and a bunch of people, a bunch of like uni students went to like socialistic countries or talking to people from socialistic countries and migrated to the US or something like that. And they're like, yeah, we used to get a ration of food a day and whatever you got, you had to eat. And they're like, oh, so what if you were vegetarian or vegan? He goes, what do you mean? We, whatever you get, you eat. Yeah. And they're like, oh... I, you don't get that choice. Yeah, it's not like a socialistic paradise. It's like, oh, the vegans will get exactly a vegan food, this, that. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, some days we're going to have to eat rabbits because there's no more food left. Or rats. Or rats. Like, yeah. they are all dogs in, like, they're doing in Venezuela. Because that's the way it is. Mm. Capitalism is definitely helping this woman be as fat as she possibly can. And, you know, she's race racism. Yeah. And that can make it really difficult to see let alone challenge. I don't know, we can see you all we the time, We live in a lady. culture where being fat is seen as being a bad person. Lazy, greedy, unhealthy, irresponsible, and morally suspect. See, it's not a bad person, it's just greedy. It's, uh, those aren't bad things, those are just bad traits. My problem here is the generalisation to society. It's pretty bad. It's it is a massive this generalization. This is a beautiful victim. Like she's like I I'm a victim because of I'm fat because society has made me fat. It's <laughs> it's sort of this you've got this warped image in your head. And you need many many years of therapy. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that a psychologist has said that not just the accountant. You know, like you that is that is just that is many, many years of therapy. I'm pretty sure the majority of people don't give a fuck whether you're fat and aren't actually think. Most people are worried about themselves. Yeah. Like, shall we continue? Be a nice person. Yeah, exactly right. Just be a nice person. Oh, so hard. So hard. All right. And we tend to see thinness as being Wait, universally... I'm saying be a nice person while we're criticising her. No, yeah. we're criticising the ideas. That's right. Yeah, not the person. I'm making the fat jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Responsible, successful, and in control of our appetites, bodies, and lives. We see these ideas again and again in the media, in public health policy, doctor's offices, in everyday conversations, and in our own attitudes. We may even blame fat people themselves for the discrimination they face because, after all, if we don't like it, we should just lose weight. <laughs> and that's where the TED Talk should have ended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, one second. A doctor <laughs> has an obligation to its patient. I would hope so. Right. Would, and if if that, if, the, 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 if I'm your doctor, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, right, 
And you're not fat. No. Right? Right? But I, I go to you or something like that and I say, look, you've got a little bit of excess fat there. Yeah. And if you don't get rid of it, you're likely because yeah. of blah, blah, blah. So I would recommend, or you know what? Your cholesterol's high. Yeah. not even related to how fat you are. No. But your cholesterol's high. You need to exercise. You need to... Yeah, change something so in your diet. diet stop, stop, less soft drink, less whatever. Yeah. You know, stop, you know... I'm sure my doctor... It, I love it when you go to the doctors and they're like, how many alcoholic beverages do you have in a week? And you're like looking at it and going, well, during the weekday, it's nothing. And then on Saturday, <laughs> uh, 42. Okay, so you technically are alcoholic, but you don't only have it one day a week. So, um, yeah, the doctor, the doctor has... And it's pretty well known that if you carry excess fat, right, standing up, going to put more pressure on the joints. Yeah. More fat around your belly, or the different types of fat, is likely to lead. Your body has to, to work harder and harder and harder. Conditions. Yeah. Your heart has to work harder. Yeah. Your lungs have to work harder, but in a negative way because they're just trying to keep up with all the additional yeah. fat your body has. So your doctor has an obligation. Yeah. To tell you this. Remember, she's a self self confessed medical expert on fatness. A doctor is not doing its job. <laughs> right. If it doesn't doesn't tell you this information there's times when you go i don't want a doctor to you know to tell me this information mm. it's much better if i was ignorant yeah but it's not going to help me in no. the long run <laughs> i'm glad we're on the same page this is this is actually scary do you know what i'm accepting of people with cancer so i'm not going to tell you that you have cancer yeah <laughs> it's okay cancer's completely curable no your cancer is not going to make you unwell <laughs> Easy. This anti-fat bias has become so integral, so ingrained to how we value ourselves and each other, that we rarely question why all right, pause, we have pause, such pause. content. All right, all right. You're tall. You're yep. really, really tall. Yep. And you get Thank on you. an aeroplane. Yeah. What does a really, really tall person do? They probably have to duck underneath to get into the plane, or they have to use. They, they have to. They haven't got not enough leg room. They probably buy more leg room. Yeah, that's a form of discrimination, right? It maybe how she's going to argue. I don't know, right? They're really, really tall. Yeah. The shorter you're short, yeah. You sit in an economy seat. You've got all the leg room in the world. Yeah, you know, yeah, as much right? as you're, you're economy. comfortable. Yeah, more com- more comfortable than a tall person. More comfortable than me because I'm taller than you. And if I was really tall, I would be more comfortable than the really tall person. That's right. So what do they they do? They might generally buy more leg room. That's right. But they, you know what? That extra expense. Yeah, it's annoying. But otherwise, everyone would just do it. Yeah. Right. She's fat. Yeah. If I have to sit next to her on an aeroplane... I'm very upset. I am very upset. Yeah. Because I have purchased my seat. Yeah. You know what? If you want to be comfortable or whatever, don't buy the two seats. Shall we continue? Yeah. That's capitalism for you. Size. And where that disdain comes from. But we must question it. Because the enormous value we place on how we look affects every one of us. Okay, I'm going to pause it there. Do you remember Karl Stefanovic? Yeah. Okay. He wore the same suit every he day. He wore the same suit yeah. every single day. And it wasn't until he pointed it out to everybody did everyone take notice. Which just proves that no one cares. Guys and girls don't care what guys are dressed as. Yeah. 
But if the woman did the same thing, have you ever seen that uh, video footage of the three women? They're all dressed in white on the news thing. Yeah, yeah, and they're telling them. And, to and get they're changed. telling, go get changed. Go, yeah. No, we haven't got time. This and that. I think that only women care about what people wear. It's all perception. Exactly right. It's all perception. I think that if I if, if we were living together or we were, you know we were housemates and we wore the exact same thing every day except for the one day we did washing, I think that we would be like, oh yeah, we don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Like even to work. I would prefer. I literally. I would actually prefer to wear the exact same thing. Every like a jumpsuit. Like if you could. Like in. Like you know like those a jumper, jeans, runners. What done? But you know, like in the future, they're like, oh, everyone wears the same thing all the time. It's like how convenient would yeah. that be? <laughs> Uh. And do we really want to live in a society where people are denied their basic humanity if they don't subscribe to some arbitrary form of acceptable? <laughs> so when I was six years old, yes, my pause, sister used pause. to... Wear whatever you fucking want that makes you happy. <laughs> we need to do more episodes you, like this. You do... <laughs> Number one, your job is not to make everyone happy. If you're trying to make no. everyone happy, your life's miserable. People are going to criticise you regardless. Wear the whatever... She needs the years of therapy. Wear whatever you want to I think we're going to get over this point because we're going to suck at this for a while. Anyway, here's the story about her past. Ballet to a bunch of little girls in our garage. I was about a foot taller and a foot wider than most of the group. When it came to doing our first performance, I was so excited about wearing a pretty pink tutu. I was going to sparkle. As the other girls slipped easily into their lycra and chul creations, not one of the tutus was big enough to fit me. I was determined not to be excluded from the performance. So I turned to my mother and loud enough for everyone to hear, said, Mum, I don't need a tutu. I need a 4-4. Oh, and then the audience clapped. (laughs) Where I went. Exactly. Thanks, oh! Mum. <laughs> oh, look at that photo. <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah, go, good on it. Good on it. Oh. And although I didn't recognise it at the time, claiming space for myself in ah. that glorious 4-4 was the first step towards becoming a radical fat activist. Okay, if, if I was a fat kid... And I'm doing Hang exercise. On. Magda Zabansky. Yeah. Who's that other famous Hollywood lady? Uh, the Australian woman. I can't yeah, remember her name yeah. off the top of my head. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. They're, they're you know, especially Magda Zabansky back in the day was fat. Yeah. So was the other one. Very successful. Yeah, but they make, they understand that they're fat. Yeah. They go, oh, I need to, I still need to lose weight, but I'm making do with what I'm I've got. bloody fat. Yeah. I don't give a shit. We're men, we don't give a fuck. (laughs) Let's continue. Now, I'm not saying that this whole body love thing has been an easy skip along a glittering path of self-acceptance since that day in class. Far from it. I soon learnt that living outside what the mainstream considers normal can be a frustrating and isolating place. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. Being normal doesn't get you abnormal results. Don't be normal. Normal is very boring. You know what? Look, I studied, I studied finance. I work, I work in the government space. I do all this sort of thing. But I go to a metal show. Like, I've seen Metallica. I've seen Iron Maiden. 
And you know what? They are an outcast group from mainstream society. Like, they dress up, they put the leather jackets on, black jeans, some people, you know, some in the black metal group, they paint their faces, and it's a different subset. But you know what? You go there, you have a space to be that person for a little while. Yeah. And society doesn't accept you. And you know, if you walked around in a big, in a, in a, in a leather jacket, wore Metallica t shirts and I did that in my job, I absolutely would not be accepted. Mm. But in the metal... But maybe, maybe, maybe you but could I'm do not, it as an experiment. But you know, I'm not asking people... I go to work, you know, this in this environment, I'm not going to be accepted like that. But I know in this environment I will. Like, I wouldn't go to a wedding dressed as a gorilla. But you could. I will. But... <laughs> To your wedding, mate. <laughs> My wedding, dressed as a gorilla. <laughs> I've spent the last 20 years unpacking and deprogramming these messages, and it's been quite the roller coaster. I've been openly like. Mind you, she can't actually go on roller coasters, she's too fat. After that, abused from passing cars, and been told that I'm delusional. Okay. Is she delusional? Look, I feel. Look. I know where she's coming from. She's probably been being bullied and picked on, and that that sucks, right? Yeah. That that sucks. But you know, she was fat as a kid, right? Yeah. Would like at that stage, there, like my parents would have never have just given me like heaps of junk food to eat. Look, some people there is a medical thing. Some people are just fat. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I'm and not, and, and I said and, that and early and on. Very, like, very. Ninety ninety percent though can actually help. Oh yeah, themselves, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, and being bullied and picked on or whatever, I mean, that sucks and that reduces your self-esteem and that causes problems and I, and I get that, right? But, you, you, have you ever, have you heard of acceptance and commitment therapy? No, but please. Right. It's a very, it's something that we use, right, for someone who can't actually change something. So if someone lost a limb, mm. right, you're not, like, maybe they can get an artificial limb or something yeah, yeah. Like that, right? But you can't change the fact that your limb's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a type of therapy that basically gets the person to accept yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. And how can we move forward? Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, that is a good way of using that therapy. Mm. She's done it as well for her lack of, like, her, her morbid obeseness. Mm. Which is, I think, the most unhealthy thing you could do. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah. I also receive smiles from strangers who recognise what it takes to walk down the street with a spring in your step and your head held high. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and That's the only compliment she's ever gotten for that. That, that was a joke. It has to be a joke. I... Through it all, that fierce little six-year-old has stayed with me and she has helped me stand before you today as an unapologetic fat person. A person that simply refuses to subscribe to the dominant narrative about how I should move through the world in this body of mine. And I'm not alone. I am part of an international community of people who choose to, rather than passively accepting that our bodies are, and probably always will be big, we actively choose to flourish in these bodies as they are today. That's fine! People who honour our strength and work with not against our perceived limitations. People who value health as something much more holistic than a number on an outdated BMI chart. Okay, what? Okay, I'll give it to you. The BMI chart, wrong. Hmm. That's fine. But your 
physical health is very much related to your mental health in many ways. Like, I find that if I exercise more and eat better and weight a healthier, I guess healthier, I'm going to put it in inverted commas, weight, I think better, I sleep yeah. better, yeah. I'm a lot more clear, I am I feel like I'm a better person and I act accordingly, like, you know, I'm not slow, like, you know, I'm not, my brain isn't slow, I'm less sluggish at work, my output's better, I feel better coming home, whole bunch of things. I'm going to say it, I'm definitely more productive than this woman. I, I don't get what her point is. This is, this is, um, uh, you know what? I would be more impressed. This is a terrible ad. This is Yeah. T- I would be more impressed if she said, if she came up on the stage and said, you know what? I'm fat. Okay. And I've tried and things haven't worked and I've been bullied and I've been, you know, picked on and it's, and it's terrible, but you know what? I'm, I'm over that. Like, I don't, that doesn't bother me. Mm. And you know these are my goals, and this is what I'm going to do. And and it's true. She's just. She's do you just know what I mean? I, to, to me, that I go cool. I I actually would have more respect for you. She's just wrapped up this narrative of like, I'm a fat woman. Uh, this is how I be- accepted the way that I'm fat so far. And how is that going to help anybody else? And technically, it's not even helping her. You know, I I think the message is there are children out there like her, like when she was young, who are probably being picked on and bullied and all that. Yeah, and for her to say, you know, what? it doesn't really matter. You're strong. You're powerful, um, and you can have a great life. But the message shouldn't be, you know, what? Only be fat. Yeah, it should be like, that's great. And you know what? You're gonna get picked on. That's fine. Don't worry about it. You can still achieve a lot. But but do things to make yourself better. Yeah, and I think one of those things is getting yourself to a healthy weight. And this goes back to the doctor. Actually, thing. it's not weights an outcome. Yeah, it's a behavior. Yeah, healthy behaviors. Healthy behaviors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's like, you know, people need, the word I always think of is discipline. Mm. Like, you know, easy one. People always go to me, oh, you're such a talented musician. But what they, they just see the, the outcome yeah. of like me playing the show. They don't see me sitting in the room playing guitar scales as a kid for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And though no one wants to sit through, 50, you know, 50 hours of practice to see a ten, a five minute show. Yeah. But that's what the person who's doing the show does. If you actually look at at people who are really good at something, like really, 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 really good at something, they have put in so much effort. Yeah. So much effort behind the scenes into performing that skill and developing that skill. Mm. Um, and it's also because they have potentially failed a lot. Oh yeah, you need to fail. And have just picked themselves up and, and got over it and and done it. They've done the next level. They've yeah. done, you know, and that's why like people go, oh, why do professional athletes get paid so much? Or why do musicians get paid so much? Or why much? does or a comedian, th- someone might go, yeah. oh, a comedian stands on a stage for an hour but they and are- makes so much money. But they're not realising that like Jerry Seinfeld said, yeah. That, what was it? Uh, eight. Uh, it took him eight hours to write one minute of jokes. Yeah, yeah, something stupid like yeah. like one a minute of jokes that was actually funny. Yeah, I was, you know, but it's the same. It's like you know, a professional athlete like Cristiano Ronaldo, the one of the possibly the greatest soccer player of all time. Yeah, but their stories of him, even when he was like, you no, know, just joining a club, like his first big club, 
it's like he was there before practice started kicking mm. balls into the net and he and when everyone left to go do you know go back to their families he would still be there kicking the ball into the back of the net yeah and it's the same for like leo messi and pele and all those you know and it's the same for musicians it's the same for, like, abnormal yeah. results yeah sorry normal yeah Normal behavior doesn't get you abnormal. No, results. exactly right. You've got to have abnormal behavior. Yeah, we're going really long on this, oh, but you're enjoying it. This might just be the fat special. Yeah, maybe. All right, and then we'll do an article after this. We'll try to get longer. Instead, clips. we value mental health, self worth, and how we feel in our bodies as vital aspects to our overall well being. So this person feels like a, a, a healthy, fit person. Mm-hmm. I would love to see her actually do some sports. Like she's fit and healthy, she can do it mentally. She can do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get into this. Get out of their bubble of yeah. Twitter and Facebook and all, that, and go into the real world and see what she can do. Look, absolutely, she can stand on stage and breathe heavily and do a twelve-minute talk. But can she play? You know, ten minutes of sport, or go for a walk without dying of breath. Don't know. People who refuse to believe that living in these fat bodies is a barrier to anything. Really? There are doctors, academics and bloggers who have written countless volumes on the many facets of this complex subject. Bring us some in. There are fashionistas who reclaim their bodies and their beauty by wearing fat kinis and crop tops, exposing the flesh that we're all taught to hide. There are fat athletes who run marathons, teach yoga or do kickboxing. Fat athletes that run marathons. I don't think so. I I would highly... Look, absolutely. Probably do yoga. There's no way someone is fat and runs. Uh, Runs. 42 kilometers. 42 kilometers. You can't even run 42 kilometers. (laughs) No. And I I actually go running. I know. (laughs) I know, yeah. Yeah, you need to do a lot of training. Yeah, like probably, probably you need to do... Every single day for like five years to do a good marathon in a good time, hmm. like in a, in a, you know not even like elite level time. We're just talking like, and you need a, a the body shape as well. Like my legs aren't long legs. This is this is the other thing, right? Like I'm never gonna run. Look, this person's basically saying, I've got this fat body, but you can do anything. You, no matter how hard you train, work, do any diet, do whatever, you will never run as fast as Usain Bolt. Right? Well, that's not the point. Our bodies, though, are designed in different... Yeah. Like like I said, uh, or like you, it, um, some of us really aren't designed to run. No. But we can walk. Yeah. Or we can swim. Or yeah. we can do other things. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, yeah. All done with the middle finger firmly held up to the status quo. <laughs> And these people have taught me that radical body politics is the antidote to our body shaming culture. But to be clear, I'm not saying that people shouldn't change their bodies if that's what they want to do. Reclaiming yourself can be one of the most gorgeous acts of self-love and can look like a million different things. From hairstyles to tattoos to body contouring to hormones to surgery and yes, even weight loss. It's simple. It's your body, and you decide what's best to do with it. My way of engaging in activism is by doing all... Okay, I taught a subject, (laughs) health, behaviour and change. Right. Okay. 
So far, so what I'm hearing is this woman is so wrong. All right, I just, I just, you're right. so frustrated. I am. I taught this subject. Help. I was just always gonna do help. some fat. Jo- I just always do some help with like some fat women jokes, and you're here going, "I need to get the science." Health behavior and change. Okay, I'm very frustrated. So, week one, I've got all the students. Yeah, and I said, "I'm doing this with you." I want you to pick a, something that you want to change. Yeah. So some students said I want to reduce my smoking. Some said I want to do mine. Mine was I'm walking around the lake. Yeah. Three times a week. How good's that? I said this is my goal, and I'm doing it with you guys. But I, I want you to pick something that you want to work on. So yeah, some said I want to reduce smoking. Some said um, I don't want to drink Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um. Someone said I didn't want to bite his fingernails. Yes. Yeah. Right. So just these whole just a general things, sort of thing. Different things. Right, and we for twelve weeks we go through this, and then we check in at like week three. How are you going with your goal? And most of them have stopped. I would yeah, assume. most of them is which it's is a good expected. seventy to eighty percent. Yeah, would which have is stopped. expected. And then it's about going well. It, it was the goal actually realistic? Yeah. Could you actually achieve it? What are the barriers that actually get in your way? How do we overcome those those potential barriers? Right. Uh, and we you you. Like and they go, oh yeah, maybe this is the goal. Oh, this is good. Oh, I want to change this, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. Anyway, long story short, by the time we got to week twelve, the students were so excited that they had actually figured out how to achieve something, how to actually achieve something, yeah, and how to how to change, not necessarily change the benchmark, but they go, yeah, it, I, I, it, if I'm actually going to if I'm it, actually going to do this goal, it's like project. I need to do it. Yeah, it's like a project. You said, like, instead of having a scope that's so wide, mm. you've got, you know, we're going to really limit the scope of yep. what you're trying to do. And then that way you can go, you know what? If we do these five things, that will lead to this goal needing to be done and this goal. And that's it. It's like a chain event. So yep. you do five things, down to two, down to one, and then you succeeded. Yep. Instead of having this, but that's only if you bring your scope in to something that's actually achievable. That's right. You know, and that's what, that's what this person needs to do. This is, this is, I would be more impressed if she said, you know, what I've, I, I swim 20 kilometers and I started my training regime and I couldn't even do a hundred meters. But you know what? If she could be able to swim, even let's just say a K a day. Yeah. She would not be this fat. <laughs> no. <laughs> All the things that we fatties aren't supposed to do, and there's a lot of them, inviting other people to join me and then making art about it. The common thread through most of this work has been reclaiming spaces that are often prohibitive to bigger bodies. From the catwalk to club shows, from public swimming pools to prominent dance stages. Okay. One, yes, fat women don't get on catwalks because no one wants to see a fat woman on a catwalk. And that's why, seriously, this is really what's happened. Two things happened. Victoria's Secret allowed fat people and trans women on the catwalk, Mm -hmm. and now they're not having a show. That's a real thing that's happened. Yeah. Right? Two, people don't care if fat people are dancing, but if you're at a strip club, you don't want to see a fat person. Yeah. There's very limited, there's a very limited scope <laughs> of men, a very limited number of men want to see fat people on a strip club dancing. And everything else is like, who cares? Yeah. And reclaiming spaces en masse is not only a powerful artistic statement, but a radical community building approach. This was so true of Aquaporco. 
the Fat Femme Synchronized Swim Team, I started with a group of friends in Sydney. The impact of seeing a bunch of defiant fat women in flowery swimming caps and bathers throwing their legs in the air without a care should not be underestimated. And that's why Sydney is worse than Melbourne. Kieran, would you like to give us an article? <laughs> uh, we've, there's still much, much more of a speech. And we are... We're not even through. I thought I'd just annoy our Sydney fan. <laughs> Kieran, you got an article for us? Uh, one, uh, one Sydney fan. Uh, church, you like meat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, how much do you like meat? I would say... If I had to eat it every day, even if it was killing the environment, mm -hmm. and this, both of those things are currently true. Oh, I'm actually going to talk about how to solve climate change. Okay, good, good, good. Kill all fat people. <laughs> but I know how to improve right. your meat and how to make it taste better. <laughs> What's so funny? Uh, just, it's, it's just a, a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> Oh no, that's deliberate. Hey, Dweezil. <laughs> Dweezil, he's, hear he's hearing about meat. He wants meat. I know how to improve Church's meat, Jess. <laughs> Yell out, Jess. Say hi to the listeners. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Oh, what a we shit love you, Dweezil. <laughs> and Jess, we love you too, Jess. Cows wearing VR headsets might produce better milk. Yes! I'm in! Count me in! An experiment was conducted to see whether they could reduce the anxiety <laughs> and stress of the cows to produce better tasting milk. And the results are in. It's not just humans who can benefit from VR. That's virtual reality. <laughs> Moscow... Area farmers strapped modified VR headsets to cows to see if it improved their mood and, of course, their milk production. The project subjected cattle to a simulated summer field. <laughs> <laughs> With colours tuned for the animal eyes, giving them decidedly more pleasing landscapes than plain, confining farm. <laughs> this is the plot to The Matrix. <laughs> Just imagine cows yeah. with VR headsets. This is, this is the plot to the Matrix. Instead of eventually, we're going to just plug cows in into pods and like produce milk and meat, do do do, and just keep doing that. It's yeah. going to be amazing. I can't wait till we, uh, we have cows living in virtual reality pods <laughs> for my consumption. You know, uh, and we collect the methane gas and use it to power windmills or something like that, the turbines. Oh. See. Next level virtual reality. You could strap something onto the cow's butt to collect the I gas. I don't see why. Yeah. Oh. That would solve climate change and we could eat meat. There you go. That's that's Anyway, that article's done. That's good. Uh, I've got, I've got uh, one segment called uh, The State... Okay, I didn't know what to call this, this uh, segment because it's going to be rapid fire uh, news. Okay. But it's called The State of Journalism or, by Allah, you call this journalism... Or, I can't believe it's journalism. <laughs> I kind of like, by Allah, I, I, you call this journalism. Okay, a couple of news stories. Whipping around the world. UK police horse Jake refuses to get out of bed for work until he has a cup of tea. I the, knew Jake. 
Merseyside Police Station mounted branch in Liverpool posted a photo of their police horse, Jake, having his tea before his day begins. He has his tea with a skim milk to cool it down and two sugars. And they've put on more videos of the horse <laughs> doing things. And one of them was an example was the horse asleep and then he passed gas and he woke himself up. So apparently some journalist made money to do that. Uh, number two... Boy brings heroin to school and says it turns him into Spider-Man. And a father is now arrested after his five-year-old son bought a bag of heroin labeled Spider-Man <laughs> to school. Did I, did I talk about this last week or did I bring it in and not talk about it? Probably. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, I read that article. An article. That's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the, hilarious. The kid put the dry uh, the the stuff in his mouth, telling the teachers it turned him into Spider-Man. <laughs> Um, they went to the father's home and they found 170 uh, bags labelled Spider-Man and 38 of Coke. And finally, the ex-CEO of Papa John's yeah. has done the most amazing interview yeah. in the history of the world. Better than Prince Andrews? Just a sweaty. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So he's been dropped now mm-hmm. because he said the N-word on a conference call. Mm. And he's fired because okay. he stepped out. This is the latest thing. So he's been stepped in. Someone, he, he owned the company, Papa John's. He owned it all. Yep. He started it all up. Yeah. Now someone's coming to the company as a CEO who's never worked with pizza before. Okay. I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. Livy currently and Mark Shapiro should be in jail. He has no pizza experience. He's never been in the pizza category. I would just say, stay tuned. The day of reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight now? I mean, what is it about the record that's not straight? <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> Did you catch that? No. He had 40 pizzas in 30 days. Yeah, well, that was the ex-CEO? He's been eating the, the, the new Papa John's pizza and going, it's not as good. The yeah. day of reckoning is coming. All oh, right. 40, 40 pizzas in 30 days. I was just thinking to myself, that was actually me when I went to Italy. <laughs> I thought I heard that correct. I, but I thought that was the um, the new CEO. I was like, what? No. Ex-CEO. All right, Kieran. All right, how are we going to solve climate change? This is something... This is something that's been brought up many times, yeah. yeah. And I think the trick is just is just to kill the fat feminists, obviously. Obviously. Crypto miners in Georgia consume 10% of the entire nation's power. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because it's so hot there, they actually give out free electricity in Georgia. Right. Which means a number of companies have now moved... Their offices or production there, including crypto miners, right. who are now using 10% of the nation's electricity. That's amazing. And crypto mining is now... We couldn't crypto mine. We don't have... No. We need fucking... You need like 50 million computers. Or yeah. Something. I think ages and ages ago, they actually the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 was like the most powerful computer you could buy. Yeah. So people were buying like 10 or 20, like 20 of them because that was so cheap. Mm-hmm. And using them as the computers to crypto mine. Crypto mine, yeah. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. So that's how we're going to stop climate change. That is how we're going to stop climate change. (laughs) Okay. We're going to crypto mine more. No, we're going to crypto mine less. Stop crypto mining. Stop crypto mining. No, 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 no. Use the fiat currency. No! (laughs) Right. Life is good. All I'm going to say is I just saw something recently that uh, the Australian government are potentially in the future going to get rid of 
any transactions over $10,000 or more has to be digital and no more cash transactions of over ten grand. Oh yeah, they want to get rid of the, the drugs. The underworld. I'm not for that at all because that just means if you want to buy someone's car second hand. They've got a... Yeah. It's got to be a record. Yeah. Uh, I don't I'll, like I'll pay you in $10,000 or more. I just want a $10,000 note with my face on it. <laughs> Put it on my wall. That would be... That would be Pretty epic. That'd be amazing. That, that'd be not too bad. No, I think I think we can definitely solve climate change. I mean, look, it's it's the first day of summer here mm. in Australia, it Melbourne, is. Melbourne, beautiful. It rained. It, rained. it fucking bucketed down. I don't even. I don't know anymore. I don't know. People were saying that like someone blamed the uh, fires in Sydney on gay marriage. <laughs> Israel Folau. Yeah, that's the one. What? That's that's his freedom of. Uh, of religious expression. Oh, you know Margaret Court? Yeah, she hates the gays. Yeah, she's coming to Melbourne. She's been invited to the Australian Open to celebrate oh, her 50th year. But the Australian Open given her a backhand and so we disagree with her opinions and said that she's going to be involved in a number of events and presentations. Mm. She is going to get heckled and booed. That's fine. She, no one can deny the what she did for the Australian sport. Open. Is well, that, look, and I think that's that's what something's very important to do. You can still like someone's output of body of work, like a musician, uh, someone who makes video content, yeah. uh, whatever, despite their political or, or or views on other things. No, no, I know, absolutely, whatever, good on her. But I'm like, I'm like, is she an idiot? Because she's going to come to Melbourne. And she's just going to be booed. No, I think this is a. I think this is the best thing to do. I think it's great too. In, I'll tell you why, and you tell me why you think this later on. But I think this is the best thing to do because this just shows that the people who are for gay marriage and all that sort of stuff. But I'm for gay marriage and all that sort of stuff. Fine. I think that she's just showing how into, non intolerant. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Rather than she. Who? The people who are against her belief. I mean, if you said that to a Muslim person, because most Muslims say we don't like the gays, yeah, they also don't like the Jews, yeah, you know. But if you were to do that to that, they wouldn't. If she turned Muslim, they wouldn't say anything about it. Who? Margaret Court. Ah, oh, they would. You reckon? Yeah, I would anyway. Well, you know, but that's it. We're we're just like no, your your view on this is terrible. But they're only doing it because. No, it's she's, she's Christian. I don't care about that. She's going to come to Melbourne, right? And I, I see, right, Church. If I said, oh, by the way, there's going to be fifty thousand people for the next ten days. Each day, you have to present, you know, the award or the winning or the trophy or something like that. And you knew you were going to walk out onto that stage and get booed and heckled. So I think it would be funny. I, I would actually enjoy. Yeah, it. you would. It'd be funny. You would. It'd I be- would too. But you know what? That that even makes it even worse. Yeah. Because if everyone, if she's presenting awards, yeah. awards, yeah. and people are booing her, yeah, but while she's giving out awards, they're they'll not respecting her. They'll boo her as she walks onto the stage, or they announce, you know, welcome. That that lingers. Welcome, Margaret. Right? That lingers. No, that lingers. That will ruin the whole. I don't whole think event. they'll boo the the giving of the award to the the person, but they'll boo when they announce her, like she's sitting in the crowd. It's true. Yeah, well, that's funny. 
you know, I was just, I just watched last night the the um the film, uh, Man on the Moon. Yeah. Which is the the film Jim Carrey stars in it, and he pretends and he stars like Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman, like, fucked with people all the time. Have you ever seen any of his stand-up? No. Like, he would... One of the things that he did was he would go around and be really misogynistic and wrestle women. Right. And got... And, or he... And at the end, he ended up fight wrestling, like, this uh, wrestling, like, like a Texan state owner. Because he was saying, like... All the people in the south are fucking hicks and la la la, and the women are weak. La la, I can wrestle any woman here. And the guy actually like power like drived him, and injured him with a with you know. And then he went on Letterman. They went on Letterman together, and they had another fight on Letterman. Oh. And then you find out like, oh no, everyone was in on it the whole time, except for the audience. Oh boo! Not even Letterman was in on it. Yeah right. Like just the two guys. Yeah yeah. But that's the funny thing. Yeah, that's pretty- or he makes up this character called Tony Clifton, who's a lounge singer. Yeah. And but then they t- he's like, oh, Tony Clifton. Need- he was he, one of the characters that Andy Kaufman wrote got a t- TV show, hmm. and he played that character, right? But then he's like, oh, Tony Clifton also needs to be on the show five appearances. But Tony Clifton's the same guy as Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. But then there's this one show that Tony Clifton does. And then Andy Kaufman comes on stage at the same time. Oh, how does that happen? Yeah, and that's the thing. People are, what the fuck? I thought they were the same person. Like, you hired... You hire... Hired an actor. You hire, yeah, you hire Andy Kaufman, comedian, musician, whatever. And what do you get? You get... Uh, you, get you hire Tony Clifton. You're thinking you're going to get Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman comes in on the side as someone different. And even when after he died, so Andy Kaufman passes away from cancer. And that a year after that he died... Tony Clifton comes and does a show. Whoa! And it's like meant to fuck with your head, like the whole yeah. point. I think that's really, really funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's funny. Church, can you give us one more joke? Oh, let's do a joke to wrap it up. Let's have a go here. This is the crap jokes. <laughs> Hundred crap jokes. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? What? <laughs> I was at karaoke Big E. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was All right, karaoke- hang on, hang on a second. Before you tell that joke, I've started listening to that episode, but you're not on in the first five minutes, so no, I've tuned down. I'm in the last like fifteen to twenty minutes. All right, so I'll go to that. There. There. Okay, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The guys are really fantastic. I would highly recommend go listening to them if you like a bit of karaoke, a bit of banter, this and that. The funny thing was, I the day I recorded it with them, mm. it was the day after everyone was over for my birthday. That's right. I was so hungover. <laughs> So I sounded a bit like an idiot, and that's that's absolutely fine. Um, I didn't get to sing a song, but oh. a bit of a lag with Skype. So this, yeah. so they said what we should do. I, what I said to them is we should record a song and just uh, uh, us doing some karaoke and, and send, we'll it, send to, it to them. Exactly right. So I have a chat after this. Have an idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were fantastic. Definitely go check out their show. They're doing a great stuff over there now. So we're gonna do waltzing Matilda. I'd love to have a beer with Duncan. You know what? We should give them like the most Australian song. Like they're gonna know "Land the yeah. Man Down Under" or something. Yeah. But let's give them a let's give them an Australian classic. Yeah. I think Star be Trucker. Perfect. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some maybe some Western. Maybe some Western. Yeah. Right. Lights on the hill. Lights on the hill. <laughs> we'll just give them a bit of "Down Under." That's or or we could Australianize Kanye West. 
Look, I'm not going to do any gospel songs with you doing that voice. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to end it up on this joke here. What's the award for being the best dentist? A little plaque. Uh. <laughs> That's just not bad. And with that, Kieran. And with that, Kieran. <laughs> this has been a fucking shit show of an episode. And with that, Kieran. I think we're going to uh, wrap it up. With all your wanking needs, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow us. On iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, Spotify, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and and YouTube <laughs> and yes. Facebook. Facebook. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, record it on your phone and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com Kieran, thank you so much for another fantastic episode. That's all right. And we will see you all next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> karaoke biggie yeah. was they're like asking me about australian animals oh, really? <laughs> they're like, oh have you ever seen a kangaroo and i'm like oh yeah of course they're gonna ask this that's fine and then at the end they asked me about wallabies why they're poo square and koalas and lucky i have some factoids in my head and then i'm just like you do realize like i've come on the show i'm not like a biologist or anything like that i'm actually an accountant <laughs> so it was good times i highly recommend it Oh, I could have. T- I used to live on a farm. Oh, I could have told them all about the kangaroos. That's true. Could have told them about kangaroo meat. Mm. Mm. It's a bit chewy, kangaroo meat. It's nice though. Yeah, it's all right. Maybe we'll have some for New Year's. Yeah, camel, camel burgers as well. I've never had camel. Mm, good. Just try good. It.